All right, we are live for a Friday edition of the Mike and Mario show and uh, excited to be back. Lots of things we're touching on and uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one to say the least. But anyway, before we jump into it, Mario, how you doing, my friend? Yeah, I'm doing well, Mike. I hope you're doing well as well and uh, preparing for the weekend. Oh, definitely. Definitely doing great. Excited. I uh, got some activity for my child this weekend, so it should be fun. But uh I like to uh, start off the weekend by just going pa- going through this past events for this week and uh, just continue to remind people the importance of bracing for impact while also preparing as best as they can when all the practical ways that they know how to do at this point. But uh, before we move further, man, let's talk about um, we of course we know about the obvious, you know, the energy costs. We got Biden saying zero inflation and all that other stuff. You know, we, we know what they're selling us, but let's focus on what's happening behind the scenes. And I think it has a lot to do with the continual uh, increase of partnerships and, and agreements done between China, Russia, and Saudi Arabia, and how ultimately the dollar is going to be the most impacted by all these deals and whatnot. So we got a couple articles we're going to start off with and then you know trickle into some of the uh, more mainstream news. But uh, based upon what, you, what you've been paying attention to, what are some things that really has caught your attention about what's developing out east? Yes, I saw this article uh, today uh, about how Saudi Arabia and China are like ratcheting up their uh, cooperation and, mm-hmm. and they've drawn up a memorandum of intent. Uh, I think it's memorandum of, uh, I forgot what it's called exactly, but uh, they've come up with this agreement of how to cooperate uh, mm-hmm. in the energy sector, in, in uh petrochemicals yeah and even some people even speculate in arms and uh actually saudi arabia has uh pledged to make sure that china is secure has secure energy for mm-hmm. not for the next five years but for the next 50 years yeah. so i i think it's really uh significant and uh what it shows to me is that uh Saudi Arabia is not like abandoning the West, but it's hedging its bets, I think. And uh, it's ganging up or uh, allying itself to who he, who they think are going to be the next big winners mm-hmm. in the next 50 years, i.e. China and Russia. And uh, as you said, I, I think that is uh, another chink in the armor for the importance of the dollar as a reserve currency. Yeah, I, I would say that in 10 years, 15 years time, these three countries, China, Russia, and Saudi Arabia, probably won't be using the dollar amongst themselves. And that's right, going to be right. highly significant. And you can add add in some other countries, you know, uh, the global south as well. So uh, I thought that was uh, an interesting story. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And so just it just plays more into the de-dollarization process. Like, you know, you as well as myself, we've been talking about this for quite some time now. And all the other things happening around us, are geared towards distracting us from that major event. Like this is that turning point in history where, you know, we're going to look back in history books five, 10, 20 years from now and see that all these events that are not being talked about by mainstream news sources are, are the catalyst that led to whatever the monetary system we'll have down that line. And, and by each deal, each contract sign, each handshake to me uh, is definitely worth shining light on just because it just shows more of how the world is moving away from the dollar dominated petrodollar system and it starts with these type of memorandums here. And so for those that are tuning in, uh, we have a couple more articles I'll touch on here. But just to give you some of the key highlights from this article here, 
It just talks about a multi-pronged memorandum of understanding between Aramco and Sinopec lays the basis for increased cooperation. And then, of course, we're going to touch on more as to how the Eastern nations are pulling away from the West with the delisting of Sinopec from the New York Stock Exchange, So, which I'm assuming has a lot to do with this type of deal as well. And so let's just move to the next article here if you want to. And so upcoming, there's a upcoming meeting. And so this is just a headline given to us from the West, but it says U.S. is not going anywhere. Middle East convoy says as China's Xi is expected to visit Saudi Arabia. And so we know that Biden took a trip over to Saudi Arabia a couple of weeks ago. And just from the information that we received, nothing productive came from that. I don't think that they decided to crank up uh, the oil uh, barrel or the oil allotment any more so than what the mainstream media was trying to tell us that they were, you know, Biden was going to ask for. But then again, I'd assume when Xi Jinping leaves Saudi Arabia, more deals will be made that favors China uh, rather than uh, what Biden was able to do with the West. So uh, th- does this type of I- uh, information <laughs> surprise you whatsoever? How the China is going to be very favorable, I'm sure, with uh, with Saudi Arabia rather than uh, the U.S.? <laughs> no, it doesn't. And uh, I think the fact that um, Biden... And even Trump were really, uh, well, Biden especially, he he called, uh, I don't know what he called the uh, Saudi uh, regime exactly, but it wasn't a very nice term. Right. And I I think, uh, (laughs) yeah, if we go back as well, about a year ago, we saw that Russia is now has a military security agreement with Saudi Arabia, which is the backbone of the petrodollar agreement. So. It would be interesting to see when she uh, visits Saudi Arabia whether they are going to talk about security as well. And, mm. and if he does, uh, I think that's highly significant as well. Right, right. And I wouldn't be surprised if security does come up just because we knew or we know about uh, last year how Russia and Saudi Arabia. And so this is a, an older article, but it just shows more of the cooperation between those nations. And so this is this took place on August 24th of last year, and it was definitely something that played into more of the de- de- de-dollarization talk when Saudi Arabia and Russia signed a deal to develop joint military cooperation. Now, I, I'm not too familiar. I haven't been paying attention to it in depth, but have you had any military um, exercises or anything like that that you're, that you're familiar with or aware of? I haven't really kept track uh, of uh, the... Uh cooperation between these two countries but I, I i just think it's significant that they uh they they made an agreement and the fact that the saudis uh feel like they're hedging their bets uh because the other thing uh, i think that's happening is the west is trying to move away from uh so-called fossil <laughs> fossil fuels yeah. uh, into green energy and I, I think it's a big mistake and eventually that we'll have to go back <laughs> to uh what they call uh, fossil fuel uh oil and, and and other other uh derivatives of uh petroleum yeah so, and that's the thing like it's, it's amazing how all those great reset new world order type of um activities is led by the east and for the most part, it, it, it appeared as if China, Russia, and Saudi Arabia was, were going to jump on board with that. But then again, something happened within the last year or two where everybody decided to go their own way. And I think it has everything to do 
with the whole sanctions uh, uh, that's taking place on Russia to where mm. with China deciding to unload or they've been unloading their uh, U.S. liabilities uh, for quite some time now. But they've gotten as low as I think they can because it's under one trillion nine hundred something you know billion dollars. But then again, Saudi Arabia, along with that, in that same time frame, they've been diversifying by helping out Russia and China. And of course, with the OPEC plus with uh, Russia having a heavy influence on oil production and on top of all the other things. So it's been a great it's been a long term, long times of setting up this stuff up and it's starting to uh, really (laughs) show itself out. But uh, we have another article here, which I think is also interesting. Just to show you how more the cooperation has intensified under the radar amongst all the sanctions. It says China Russia trade rose 29 percent. Uh, in January to July, as the nations maintain cooperation uh, despite the sanctions. And so I think the next catalyst could ultimately be the whole Taiwan-China situation. We, we'll see how that plays out. But the sanctions hasn't stopped China and Russia's cooperation whatsoever. It's only in- increased it. So uh, I'm still anticipating between now and end of the year some type of event uh, where we're going to hear uh, what their final decision will be in reference to how they're going to try to reframe the international uh you know trade of some type so we'll see but is this surprising whatsoever to you no uh, especially with all the the sanctions uh on russia they have to turn to to china partly uh and probably other countries uh that are not part of nato because they've lost out a lot uh a lot of trade with the, the west even though they do have exemptions uh, in the sanctions yeah yeah, and then uh, we'll just touch on this, this last article here, which I think uh, could ultimately be uh, something that will hurt, you know, a lot of the uh, companies here in the U.S. as well. Just with the, as it says here, I'll put it up. It says, Sinopec and PetroChina to delist from the New York Stock Exchange. And, of course, there's a couple other companies as well that uh, is also mentioned out there. But with these two major oil companies from China deciding to remove themselves from the U.S., that to me also furthers more of the separation from the West. Like it's literally time to remove our energy companies from this New York Stock Exchange because of, I guess, the whatever pending shift will take place. It won't be denominated in dollars, of course. And so this is maybe it might be surprise to us, but in, in reference to their long term plan, I'm sure it's not so. Yeah, I think it's a combination of two things. Uh, they're concerned if uh, there's something with Taiwan, uh, a conflict there, they, that they could be, uh, they could do something to the uh, the shares issued in the NYSC. And yeah. the other, like you said, mm-hmm. it's a separation. We're, we're getting a multipolar world, and, yeah. and I think that's the most important part of it. And uh, the sanctions on Russia and the fact that. Uh, China mm-hmm. is now concerned because of Taiwan has just uh, accelerated this uh, multipolar move to a multipolar world. Yeah. And first, that's a bit so uh, seeing the response by all the Western nations when the sanctions were first announced, led by the U.S., all of the uh, stock market activity in the European Union, as well as other exchanges were immediately frozen to where you couldn't get in and get out. It was like, literally, they cut off Russia companies off of all these other exchanges to where I'm thinking, like, obviously, to me, China's looking, they're looking ahead to prevent that. So that plays right into what you're just saying. So they're doing it by them. They're they're doing it voluntarily (laughs) before something hits the fan. So that could be an indicator to where 
within the next couple of weeks or a couple of months in response to Pelosi having visited Taiwan, that could be uh, them basically uh, getting ready for some type of activity. So we'll see. But uh, you know, and it's not, go ahead. And it's not just Taiwan, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, deep state, you know, the neocons, whatever you want to call them, they might bring up another uh, question uh, mm-hmm. as an excuse for uh, sanctions on China. I guess you could look at the um, that province of, of China, where it's mostly Muslim. They mm-hmm. could use that as a, as an excuse. I forgot what it's called. Um, yeah, so it's just not. Yeah, I think it's Xinjiang. Uh, you see, they could uh, come out and say, "Oh, the Chinese are oppressing these people, and uh, we're gonna impose sanctions." So they they could pick any excuse, really. But right now. The, the big uh, spotlight, of course, is on Taiwan, and it would probably be the, uh, you know, that kind of thing that uh, the uh, Americans will focus on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it might just be the next trigger for whatever the next, you know, military confrontation might end up being. And, of mm-hmm. course, the U.S. made it clear that they will somehow find a way to get involved. So, yeah, uh, but, yeah, let, let's keep moving on, man. So the, the, we, we know what's happening out there. We'll find out how things play out in the next couple of months. It's my suspicion, as I mentioned, before the end of this year, we're going to know more as to how all the cooperation uh, with the East is taking place. So uh, definitely something worth keeping an eye on. But uh, outside of the figures it was given, I see the University of Michigan sentiment came out and it's very optimistic. <laughs> Despite all the uh, real world uh, horror that's taking place, we got droughts happening in Europe and the UK. We have cost of living going through the roof still. But then Biden said that there's zero inflation. <laughs> Well, yeah, he, he was technically, I guess, right, because the uh, month-on-month change right. from June to July was zero. But that doesn't take away the fact that uh, on an annual basis, still increased by 8.5%. Right. So I, I think it's a really, really bad form for him to say that because a lot of people are struggling with higher food prices, mm-hmm. also rent prices, uh, the uh, BLS calculates that rents went up just over 5%. But mm-hmm. if you look at uh, picture, uh, not pictures, sorry, data mm-hmm. from private companies that track rentals in the big metro areas in the mm-hmm. States, it's gone up more like uh, almost 14% in the yeah. last 12 months. Right. So uh, he, he might've been technically right on the month on month because it was a zero. Yeah. But, but so so just looking at this little this is a, a little visual aid of the last uh what looks like looks like about four years. And so even though the most recent figures, as you can see here, is less than the prior two figures, it, it's look at the overall damage done. Like, you know, the figures are well beyond uh anything worth celebrating just because this little drop or zero or minus of an increase doesn't really indicate the bigger picture, which is people are still suffering and struggling in main street. So it's just interesting how they're using that as a payroll from last week, which were a lot beyond expectations. And so it, it has led some people to suggest that that could be what the fed needs for a possible pause, or it could trigger a pivot or what? I don't think so, but it's just, I'm, I'm curious as to why now are all these figures that people are paying attention to so optimistically positive, Wow, the world around us is continuing to, to completely go to yeah, hand. I think it's uh, just a bit of relief by the markets that it actually didn't go higher. It dropped a little bit, mm-hmm. and that hadn't happened in a long time. 
The other thing I would add to the CPI, because the, the chart you showed is about the changes, percentage yeah. changes. But if you think of the, the CPI is actually an index. Yeah. So that index has been going through the roof in the last mm -hmm. 18 months. Yeah. And, and it, it, it hardly ever shrinks. If you look at a long-term chart of CPI index, it's yeah. always going up. So even if we go down to three or 4% CPI rate, Mm-hmm. It's still going to be oh, uh, three and four percent of a much bigger uh, piece of pie or bigger right. number, and, and uh, people are still going to be worse off. Right. And the other thing is, average earnings is only going up by about four and a half or five percent, so people are still losing out. Right. So adjust, take that number adjusted for inflation; they're still well negative. You know what I'm saying? They're still losing. So, um, well, okay, let's get, we got a couple more headlines here. Uh, I want to talk about the energy concerns that right here in the u.s is not mainstream news a lot of people are probably not paying attention to it just because it's not impacting them directly but in all the other countries you know it, it's a ridiculous here let me show you some share some figures with you that should definitely make you con, you know concern you a little bit here is something that came out uh, earlier in the week about sri lanka and how uh, their primary energy company has decided to raise the uh, tariffs by up to 264 percent for the for the the the, the energy users, the, the people who use the least amount of energy, and so for the people who have used the most amount of energy, their their increases have not been nowhere near that. It's like I want to say well less than half of that figure there, and so here's just an image of a guy you know working on his computer using a a, a battery. It's just <laughs> it's it's it's, it's wow. funny but it's sad because a lot of people are suffering due to their inability to afford these costs. And that's just Sri Lanka. And of course, we all know that they're going through some through, through some things. So here in the concern. UK, it's pretty bad as well. They're predicting four thousand pounds a year uh, utility bills. Yeah. And uh, up until recently, they're uh, forecasting three thousands and it's up from two thousand uh, a, a few few months ago. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's not just the problem in Sri Lanka. I saw a chart yesterday. Uh, on Bloomberg, yeah. not on Bloomberg, but from Bloomberg on Twitter. I think it was Javier Blas. He, mm -hmm. he covers, he's, he works for Bloomberg. And it's a chart of electricity prices in France. It looks a lot worse than the Sri Lankan uh, price increases. Yeah. Uh, here, here's another little um, uh, article that came out a day or two ago about the uk braces for blackouts as gas cuts in in, in january mercy plan so just things like this are, are of concern because like if it, if it could happen in the uk if it happened in sri lanka why can't it happen here in the u.s at some point in the future and so i think a lot of things that's going on uh, will unfortunately lead to those type of things so uh, well energy and i think uh, in the u.s as well this new inflation Inflation Reduction Act mm -hmm. is mostly a green agenda act. And uh, even though the senator from West Virginia, that is a huge uh, coal mining state, mm -hmm. he, he, he agreed to sign that deal, that act. Yeah. And, and I think it's going to put the United States, unfortunately, on the same path as Europe. Mm -hmm. uh, but just a little delayed, maybe a year or two. So right. it, it could come to the U.S. in a year right. or two as well. I just wanted to tell you uh, something funny that happened. Not funny, but the thing is my wife is good at managing uh, and doing the administration for the bills in the house and everything. Mm -hmm. So she fixed our uh, 
a gas and energy price for two years, about 18 months ago. Mm-hmm. So just re- yesterday, I was looking through my bank account. I actually got a refund of almost $300 from British Gas. Uh-huh. So <laughs> while everyone's getting their uh, prices increased, yeah. <laughs> uh, I got a refund. But I, I, I think it's just uh, it's going to get worse, though, because once my deal runs out, and we try to fix it again, it will probably be a a lot higher. Yeah. Yeah. Well, enjoy those savings, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) So take, take that, take those, of course, take those savings, put it into, uh, put it into some weight and hopefully by next year, price of silver has gone up, you know, to make up that difference to where that'd be worthwhile. That'd be good. But, uh, so a couple more articles here that we'll open up and take some questions or whatnot, uh, just to show and highlight yeah, more of what's happening Bev- in Main Street. What would you say? Just want to, Beverly Smith says, Mario, the uh, predicted figures change every week for the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think uh, Beverly means all the uh, prices for gas and electricity. And, and she's right. Yeah. And uh, it, it could go, it could be more than 4,000 even by the end of the year. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's literally like everything is week to week, month to month in these type in this type of environment. Uh, here's an article here that I thought this came out the same day as uh, Biden's, you know, zero percent uh, due to just you know the numbers not showing that you know uh, uh, the index went up. But it says USA prices surged forty seven percent as food inflation soars, consumers buying chicken over beef, and then it just talks more about how gives some figures. As to how Chinese pork prices surge, consumer choosing to buy chicken and cheaper cuts of beef. We got Chinese medium pork uh, inch up, but still down from a year ago. So it just gives more of the, the, yeah. the food industry. What, what the uh, BLS, Bureau of Labor Statistics, is going to do with the CPI basket is mm-hmm. if uh, people continue to replace, uh, buy chicken instead of beef, they right. will change the basket. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, put it as an alternative. This, yeah, an alternative, cheaper alternative. Put, yes, salami. They go put salami in or, or something. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> or bugs. Yeah, and, and, and speaking of which, real quick, we move on from this, but here's another something where it says, Beyond Meat Cut Revenue Outlook Trimming Workforce by 4%. And so I saw that the Beyond Meat, they attempted to put some of their products inside of some fast food chains I, I want to say it's McDonald's, if I'm not mistaken, here in the U.S., and it, and people are not buying that stuff. So they took it off the menu, mm. and it's like, who wants to have whatever that whatever that stuff is made up of? I, I just don't want to don't want to touch it, my dang self. But that's what's happening, man. This is this is the, the real news not being touched on. <laughs> I went out, I went out earlier today uh, because I had to sign some papers at a shopping center mm-hmm. for the the car. We're buying a new car. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I went to have some lunch. Uh, so I had a steak, mm-hmm. just a steak and um, a Coke Zero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was all I ate. Yeah. And, and uh, the bill came and it was 45 pounds. Well, it was steak with shrimps, mm-hmm. just like, but no, no, nothing, no side orders or anything. And I, I checked the price of the Coke. It was like a big glass of Coke Zero. Four pounds twenty five. Mm. I thought that's ridiculous. Yeah, uh, I won't be. I be. I won't be going there again. Right, and, and so when you see price figures like that, it discourages you from actually wanting to spend 
but it's not. I assume it's, it's just the overhead cost to run an actual business these days. They've gone up to where it's reflecting the bill. And on top of that, we still having shortages of uh, workers on this side to where service is late, food quality is poor. It's just it's it's a nightmare still. Well into this whole depression recession. But uh, what else we got? I got a couple more articles here. Let's see, let's get to some questions. Let's uh, open up to some questions. I see some back and forth there. So. Uh, feel free to throw out some questions or ideas or suggestions and things that we can just touch on. Uh, Miss Dr. Mata talks about the uh, IRS here, and I think that's a really interesting topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, that enslaving IRS army climate farce. Uh, I agree with the doctor, Dr. Mata or Mota. Yeah. And I think uh, the guy from the big short, what's his name? He calls himself Cassandra on Twitter. Yeah, I'll put he that just, up there. Uh, yeah, he just show that uh so there you go if you want to read it yes yeah, it says irs more than doubled the number of agents to about 167,000, and there are less than 1,000 billionaires so it's not uh it's not so it's not for that there are 32 million small businesses about half home-based businesses in the wake of this whole hope you know this whole yeah. hoax and so just think about those figures you put out there like and he goes you know, bingo that's what it's for you see right or it's for, it's for People like you and I who are self-employed and have a small, small business. So it's the home-based businesses and all the all the self-employed entrepreneurs that have come about over the last two or three years. They want to weed out people that they would consider as uh, tax cheats and all that other type of thing. So they want to basically they want to know every down to the last cent. Yeah, that's the, what that ramp up is for. The other uh, signal this gives this. Uh, ramping up of IRS agents and cracking down on the public is that they're desperate that they're going to run out of revenues and the government might not be able to fund itself. A lot of it is to do with the de-dollarization, I would say, less demand for treasuries from abroad. Yeah. Uh, Chris uh, says, do you think the Fed will eventually lose control of interest rates uh, where the markets will take over and then bring them back to some type of equilibrium. What would this mechanic mechanism work? How high do you think rates could go? Whoo, we, uh, man, I'll let you let, I'll let you answer that one. That's a loaded question right there. <laughs> uh, well, I, I think they could uh, temporarily uh, mm-hmm. lose control of the treasury market because that's where uh, interest rates are set. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they won't lose control, of course, about of uh, short-term rates, the Fed funds target rate. Mm-hmm. But it is possible. They lost control back in March 2020 mm-hmm. when uh, the 10-year yield, for example, in a matter of days went from 0.3 to 1.3. Uh, there was like no bid and offer in the market, no liquidity. But... Uh, I think it will be temporary. And why? Mm-hmm. Well, because they'll come out with more trillions and trillions in, in, in QE, mm-hmm. uh, just like the Bank of Japan's been doing for, for decades. But the flip side to that is the do- that the dollar will become worth less and less versus yeah. real things, especially gold and silver and other commodities. Uh, that's the way I see it. They, they right. can't allow uh, rates to go up. Uh, in a like they would in a free market, uh, mm-hmm. U.S. Treasury uh, yields right now, the ten-year yield, should be at least four percent, but it's a, it's a still below three percent. The same thing is happening here uh, with the Bank of England. They're manipulating the gilt uh, gilt yield. I think is around two percent, 
and our CPI is almost uh, 10%. doesn't make sense. But the flip side is that uh, our currency here is buying less and less. Mm-hmm. I bought a, a, a Coke Zero in the restroom for £4.25. That's how it's going to be reflected. Mm. Yeah, uh, great answer there. Uh, here's Chad says, why are costs for electricity in France going up uh, if they use nuclear power? Have they, so are they still using nuclear power or do they happen to shut it down when they went, you know, to, got aboard with the whole. I, I'm on? not sure exactly. The uh, don't follow the uh, French energy sector that much. I just saw that the price for electricity has just gone through the roof. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can find that uh, tweet from Javier uh, Blas on Twitter. Uh, let me see here. I think it was Go. yesterday. So you might have to scroll up on his. Uh, Okay, I will. So just typing in France nuclear power. Just this came up here. France risk winter blackouts as nuclear power generation stalls. So oh, there you go. So like that is an issue there. So yeah. Um, and then also I did see something else. Uh, let me see. I don't know if I can grab it. Uh, Matthew. Matthew is asking a question. Thought while you look for that chart, maybe he says thoughts on the Evergrande situation, how the CEO left and selling their headquarters in China. Haven't oh, really man. followed too much Evergrande. But uh, I sent Mike uh, an article uh, from the FT <laughs> about Chinese, uh, how the Chinese are not buying uh, so much uh, luxury watches. And what's that got to do with Evergrande? Well, that, that means that the economy there is slowing down. Mm-hmm. So I think Evergrande is, uh, yeah, uh, it's, gonna, it's weighing heavily in the Chinese economy. I haven't really kept track much with what the CEO uh, did. Yeah, uh, let me see. I probably won't be able to find that because I got to go scrambling, but uh, we'll, I'll try to figure it out if I can. That's okay. Um, so what, what are the questions or thoughts out there? I did see something. Me go oh, normal here. norm says that uh, the nuke plants are cutting back because of river levels. They're getting too low. Mm. Yeah, that's true. The Rhine mm. in, in Germany, uh, yeah. I saw, is like drying up at, in some stretches, and they can't uh, get the barges through. And, and I would say probably... The rivers in France are drying up too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I did see that one. That was uh, <laughs> that is not good. Oscar dries up. So here, let me see. You know, let me grab this. Uh, that was wrong article. Uh, let me see. Keep it going. What else we got out here? Uh, do 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 do. Is it runway? Any other? Do you have to pay money? Do you have to pay money to ask a question? Uh, no, just uh, just feel free to. <laughs> Share a thought or ask a question. How can like at Regan a dollar sort of stand out? Uh, hand splash. Uh, why aren't the Chinese buying watches? Well, because the economy is slowed down. They're not being able to do as well as they used to. But yeah. uh, and I think uh, after when the Evergrande problems started last year, mm-hmm. a lot of people were trying to get rid of. Um, their invest, uh, real estate investments, and they're putting it into uh, expensive Swiss watches. That's how they did it. And the other reason they did it is because uh, it was a way to take their wealth out of China because there's a limit, I think, of $50,000 or I don't know exactly to take out of China. So mm-hmm. if they bought a really expensive Patek Philippe or something, they could just go go through customs or security in, in the airport, and they wouldn't know how much that watch is worth. But that article is basically saying that it's a sign 
that the Chinese economy is weakening. Yeah. Discretionary spending is not as good as it used to mm. be. All that uh, stimulus, especially here in the West, all the stimulus and checks that were handed out, that's long gone. That's why credit cards are through the roof. Oh, yeah. Right yeah, I think it was Cassandra, the guy from uh, Michael Burry. He, he put a chart up of that as well. It's through the roof, consumer credit in the U.S. It is bad. Um, so let's see, it says, do you feel the BRICS are going to compete with the SDRs or are they two sides of the same, which thing would be used to impose CBDCs on the masses? Adrian, that's a great question there. Um, I, to me personally, I think that the CBDCs are already baked into all the monetary policies of all nations, just because the digital yuan is already out there. The Russian ruble version is in testing and and India has their own version they're talking about. So they're, they're still part of the plan for the domestic use amongst their own citizens. But on the international stage, I think whatever will be rolled out to you know, settle trade, that's a whole other ballpark. So it'll be two. There'll be the local financial system and then the monetary system that will take place using some type of gold medium more than likely will be out there. So uh, as far as them linking up, I, I think the, for example, the SPFF and it's SPS, SPFS, which is the Russian banking payment network along with chips which is a chinese version of their network and india has one so all the bricks have their own networks they're going to meet up in some interoperable fashion and all that type of stuff so uh it's going to be uh craziness out here but it just won't be denominated in usd but like that so anyway, i think the, uh, the sdrs are just like a basket of uh mainly western uh, fiat currencies mm -hmm. so they're not really I don't think they'll be able to co compete with the BRICS, with the BRICS, because I think the BRICS want to have a, a, a currency backed mainly by gold and yeah. maybe some some commodities. Uh, so the SDR is just like a, I think John Extra said is uh, the dollar is uh, I owe you nothing, and the SDR is who owes you nothing. <laughs> it's like no one really knows what an SDR is. Yeah, here is uh says, uh, did you guys hear about the rainwater on Earth is contaminated? Um, I actually saw a headline or something like that. Uh, let me just you know look that up, but it doesn't surprise me one bit, especially when you see chemtrails in the air and whatever comes, whatever goes up must come down, and I'm assuming it has to definitely contaminate the water in some capacity. Uh. It's funny we were just talking about that before we live. <laughs> uh, contaminated mm. uh, rainwater. I guess, I guess it depends where you are on, on the planet, but uh, I guess it's difficult. Nowhere really escapes. Right. And that's where I, I, yeah, I've seen the chemtrails in, in all in lots of countries, like, you know, whether where I've gone before throughout the last couple of years or even just watching travel videos, like when people are walking around doing tours, you look up, you see these lines in the sky. I'm like, it's there. Too. Well, <laughs> we won't get too much into it, but it's public uh, information that countries, advanced countries have been doing weather modification for for decades. So yeah. it doesn't surprise me. Right. It is something that's out there. The technology does exist, so it's uh, definitely been used. <laughs> uh, and I'm assuming that plays into why there's every water's driving up, like that Lake Mead is dang there, tapped out. We got all the rivers running low. It's like, oh, okay, where, where's the water going? Anyway, <laughs> what else we got out here? Uh, Matthew. Here's a question. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, could you survive the financial collapse in 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 you if you invest in gold and silver mining company on the stock market? Great question. Survive the financial collapse. Uh, that's 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 a loaded question. There, survive the financial collapse. Uh, I don't think you know surviving this financial collapse. It's more so the readjustment of all financial matters. Like on yeah. the other side of this, I'm not sure what type of world we're gonna live in, but uh, I, I personally. I'm not solely dependent upon the mining space just because I think if stuff hits the fan, you know, mines will be nationalized to where they'll end up giving you pieces of the pie or nothing at all. So that's where it boils down to. If you don't hold it, you don't own it type of mindset in whatever uncertain world we're heading into. So that's just my two cents. What do you think? Well, back in the 1930s, when there was virtually a financial collapse, uh, the banks, a lot of banks went bust. And then uh, they had to do a bank holiday in 33. Mm -hmm. uh, and then they confiscated the gold. And then they revalued uh, the, the gold price versus the, the currency. Uh, yes, uh, the same thing could happen now. And back then, eventually, uh, companies like Home State Mining did really well mm -hmm. during the 1930s. So if there is a total financial implosion... Uh, the fiat currencies will disappear and the only money left will be gold and silver. So, uh, yes, there is a danger of nationalization. But uh, if you diversify uh, your investments, you could do well. But uh, it's very speculative, I would say, uh, uh, mining companies. The best way to survive really is to have uh, physical gold and silver outside the system. Right. And, and I do have mining stocks, but it's not a big chunk of my uh, my holdings. Right. Same here. Um, so I see in the chat there, uh, someone put in some detailed information into the weather situation. So if you guys are interested in finding out more about that, check oh, out yeah. Ralph's thoughts. And so I don't want to even, I don't want, even want to put it on the screen just because <laughs> the algos <laughs> out here acting funny. Um, lots of flash floods going on as well. Uh, what else we got here? Any other thoughts or ideas? So uh, we got uh, almost halfway through the month of August. Uh, what, what, what's what's coming up for the remainder of this month? We know September typically is, you know, very turbulent in reference to the markets. But uh, could we expect the complete opposite? Could we have a you know a, a melt up in September just because it seems like it'd be fitting because it don't make sense? But <laughs> what are you, what are you looking forward to? What's coming up the rest of this month? Well, I just saw that the NASDAQ has gone up 23% uh, from its lows uh, this year. Yeah. And that on average uh, in the bear markets of apparently 29 to 32 and also 2000 to 2002, the bear market rallies have averaged 23%. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you were right about September and even October, of course, being not good months for, for, for the markets. So maybe we could see continued the uh, next few weeks. We could see the markets continue to rise, the stock markets, and then yeah. turn south. I, I don't think uh, we're out of the woods yet right. in the right. markets. And that's the confusing part because, you know, overall, things are deteriorating, globally speaking. And then here in the U.S., there's pockets of fake light that's being given to us inflation is not this and this is coming down everything's turning around and i'm thinking like well you know still your average consumer is not necessarily reaping the rewards of having more purchasing power in their pockets and the goods on the shelves are not going down in nominal terms so it's like you know like 
average Joe don't own shares of anything real. So it's like they're not benefiting from any of these, you know, you know, these green candles. So it's like uh, we haven't even begun to really start to, you know, to where this thing is going to end up. So, yeah, somebody say uh, August 15th is coming. Uh, what's August 15th? When oh, yeah, it's from? the uh, 51st anniversary of the uh, uh, when Nixon closed the gold window, August 15th, 1971. So it's mm. actually the completion of the 50th year. Mm. Uh, so some people think there was going to be some kind of jubilee uh, the 50th year. So who knows what could happen? Uh, we've only got three days. Yeah. <laughs> August 15th. <laughs> Uh, and also, I know September is going to be an interesting month because we have the Fed meeting. So we'll find out what they're going to do. Then also the Shanghai Cooperation Organization yeah. is meeting the 15th or 16th. And then also in the crypto space, the Ethereum merge is really, you know, really exciting for a lot of people in that space and on top of whatever else. So those are three major events uh, that uh, would definitely be something worth talking about at that time. So. Uh, anything else in September? Anybody out there familiar with? Let us know in the chat. <laughs> the the end of the baseball season. Oh, I don't watch I baseball anyway. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we're about forty minutes, man. I don't see any new, any new questions. Uh, let me see. Here's one. So, will China buying more super oil tankers to transport Russian oil? Is the petrodollar on life support now? Uh, yeah, yeah, the petrodollar has been on life support, if not already canceled. We just haven't found out about it yet because it's good to say well, all the, between all the currency swaps and all those memorandums and agreements, they're not, they're not, they're not denominated in dollar terms. So, you know, as far as energy price and energy uh, in dollar terms, it already could be canceled when it comes to those countries. So it's just the U.S. still using that metric because that's all we know. So it's um, interesting he mentions uh, super tankers mm-hmm. uh, because – Taiwan comes into the uh, equation here because it's so strategically positioned there in the South China Sea, yeah. where those super tankers are gonna 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 cruise through, and uh, so that's why I think, uh, yeah, we we could still have some kind of uh, conflict over Taiwan, right? Uh, that, 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 uh, people sort of, I, I'll try to do one uh, if I can. Um, all right, let's get ready to dial Some, down. Someone said uh, baseball goes on to October uh, and November. Yeah, the regular season, though, ends in September. I That's what I meant. Yeah, I'm just not a baseball guy, man. It's, just <laughs> too, it's too boring for me, man. It's, I just, it's hard to sit down there, and especially in the heat. I will go to some Tiger games, but it'll be, it's torture to me, man. Well, I, like I remember uh, when I lived in Florida, a friend of my dad, we used to go to the uh, minor leagues, mm-hmm. and I used to go with him and his wife, and she would be knitting during the game. <laughs> <laughs> There's something to do. Uh, all right, everybody. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Uh, of course, we'll be back at it uh, next week. There'll be more stuff to talk about. But more importantly, take a, take advantage of this weekend. Enjoy your time with family and friends. And uh, you, you realize what's happening all around the world. And so we can use these as real-world examples on how we can use the, all that information to better prepare in whatever form we can. And so just here's a last little something I want to mention that I didn't. But uh, right now in Germany, uh, I'm sure I showed it to you, Mario, but right now in Germany, you Google search firewood, it's off the chart just because energy is so priced, so costly over there. And so people are literally finding alternative ways to try to heat their homes in preparation for this winter. So we can learn from all of this. So, um, 
So yeah, for, just for with the firewoods in the chimney and turn. I, I mean, right. The way it used to be, the way it used to happen, you know, a hundred plus years ago when people heat up their well, house. Not, not, not even a hundred years. Uh, when I lived in Switzerland, my yeah, we had heating and everything, but we also had a fireplace. You could mm -hmm. put firewood in there and turn the the fireplace on. So. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like here in the U.S., a lot of homes are not made with uh, with that. They're they're here, but they're not made that way no more. And so anyway, but you, you get my point. Take advantage of all this information. Use it, process it uh, for use it for your benefit to help you out. Because you know it's good to say that it's going to come your way at some point. So that's that's my thought process. But anyway, Mario, uh, enjoy your weekend. Any last words of wisdom you want to leave us with or anything? Well, you were saying before we started out that there's so much wild news and like fear fears out there mm -hmm. and there is I, I mean i notice here all you hear in in the press is uh, blackouts maybe the uh drought uh, mm -hmm. uh the climate change uh, i i would say to people to try to uh ignore a, a lot of it and just mm -hmm. like keep plugging away and keep your head down and yeah. not don't let don't let it scare you and like mike said go out and enjoy yourself Right, right. That's my objective. So, and Dwayne Clark says, "The kingdom of heaven is at hand." I like that one, man. And uh, so we'll, we'll part on those wise words there. But everybody, be blessed, be safe, enjoy your weekend, and we'll be back at it next week. And of course, always, if you have not, encourage a friend somehow, some way. Invite a friend. Manico sixty four. We thinking a dollar throughout the week so, so they can stay plugged in and informed. So, be blessed, be safe. See you guys later. Peace.